0: Hello and welcome to Instant Transmission, a podcast where we discuss everything Dragon Ball and whether or not Namekians care about fluoride in Earth's water. They don't. Tonight, we'll be continuing our discussion of the first story arc in Dragon Ball Super, God of Destruction. Last time we introduced who we are and what Instant Transmission as a podcast is all about. Tonight, we'll be wrapping up the second half and giving our final thoughts on the first story arc as a whole. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Todd. Hi. Hi. And while I have you, Todd, why don't you give us a quick recap of what we talked about on the previous podcast in a little more detail? Absolutely. So, last time on Instant
1: Transmission, Dayton and I covered episodes 1 through 9 of the God of Destruction arc, where we as the audience were reintroduced to the Dragon Team, as well as meeting our latest antagonist, Beerus, the God of Destruction. Beerus and the mysterious Whis came to Earth searching for a being known as the Super Saiyan God. After Beerus defeated Super Saiyan 3 Goku on King Kai's planet, and not finding any information on the Super Saiyan God, he went to find Vegeta, assuming maybe the Prince of Saiyans would know more. After crashing Balma's birthday party and finding Vegeta to be completely oblivious to the Super Saiyan God, Beerus threatens to destroy the planet, only to be stopped by Goku, who has a plan. Ask Shenron. Using the Dragon Balls, the gang is provided with details on how to perform the Super Saiyan God ritual, and we end Episode 9 with a red-haired Super Saiyan God Goku preparing to
0: fight Lord Beerus. And I think that's where we pick up today on Episodes 10 through 18. All right, well, let's go ahead and just jump into the new stuff then. What do you think?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead. Do you want to introduce the first episode or Episode 10 we've got going here?
0: Absolutely. And uh, it's either called Unleash It, Goku, The Power of the Super Saiyan God, or it's called uh, Unleash It, Goku, and the title also says Show Us Goku. I don't know. It's very weird, which I don't know which one that you have, but Funimation and the episode itself have different names for a lot of these episodes.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. I think they tried to uh, change the translations a little bit to make it maybe more English-friendly or for English-speaking audiences.
0: Okay, so all of the titles I'm going to read from here on out are just going to be what Funimation has it listed as when you click on the episode. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, and this episode, I believe, kicks off with a bigger reveal of Goku as the Super Saiyan God, and people are commenting on how he looks younger and leaner, and they're just kind of drinking in this new divine energy that he seems to have.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do get a little bit of a closer look. They showed it to us briefly the last time, and I think we start the the fight off pretty quickly here. We get right into Goku and Beerus flying up into the air, and we very quickly see Goku is moving so fast that he, he can't control his new
0: power, uh, and he seems pretty excited about it, which is kind of fun. Yeah, Goku's definitely having fun with it. He kind of flies past Beerus and almost trips over himself. And the first thing I noted is that this is the first time I think I've ever seen Beerus be patient with anything. He's giving Goku time to kind of figure it out and kind of slowly pushing him right off the gate. He's not just going in with his full power. He's giving Goku some time to kind of, I guess, get his skis straight. That's a good point, and... That is interesting that prior to this, we
1: see Beerus being very impatient. I mean, he destroys a planet because they didn't give him the food that he liked. But we've also seen that he's been trying to find the Super Saiyan God for a little while now. And so he seems pretty excited about the idea of getting to fight
0: someone who is at least close to his level of power. And close is kind of a very vague term because it seems like even with all these new divine or celestial power that that Goku just now got he can't even land a a blow a blow on Beerus still there's still a very large power gap between these two beings
1: yeah yeah I think we first get to see Goku try to punch Beerus then Goku fires off a super saiyan god Kamehameha and I think he Beerus just completely dodges it and we even get some of our dragon team commenting like you said on the fact that Goku hasn't landed a punch yet as we kind of get closer to the middle part of the episode. Yeah. Um, And
0: as the, as the battle starts heating up a little bit, uh, I think Goku realizes kind of the scale that this battle is going to be fought at. And he makes the decision to fly way up into, I guess the high atmosphere to continue their fighting where they can kind of unleash a little bit more without having to worry about damaging the earth or hurting any of their friends.
1: Yeah. Right. And it's interesting. I I have a note here where I wasn't a big fan of the the backdrop that we get. We kind of get like this, you know, they're just in the open air above water and later on in the episode and in the this season we get them fighting out in space
0: and it's just kind of bland scenery, which is a bit of a bummer, but I'm, I I can agree with that because when you look at a lot of the previous battles, you've got these unique landscapes, whether it was on Namek or in kind of the arid mountains on uh, Earth when Vegeta and Goku are fighting. There's always something interesting as a backdrop that kind of plays a little bit of a role as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you do get a couple of scenes of them going in the water, I think, later on, but uh, there's not a whole lot of involvement with the environment. So I,
0: I do have a note, though, that mentions that this... For some reason, Dragon Ball likes to make oceans seem very shallow.
2: Hmm. That is interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, it takes very little time to reach the bottom of the ocean. And also, there's a blast, I believe, that goes through uh, the water, knocking all of it aside. And you see kind of the the bottom of the ocean. doesn't look that deep. (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of a funny point. I guess there
1: could be a couple things behind that, depending on how close they are to land. And also, I mean... (laughs) For them, obviously, they're moving very quick and very powerful. But yeah, if if the
0: blast shows the up bottom of the
1: water, that is it is a little strange.
0: It just—it's something that just—it's made me giggle because I've seen it a couple times now, and I just—I have no idea the science behind it, but I just feel like the ocean's pretty darn deep, and I, I don't know. I guess everyone can just see the bottom all the time. It's really not that hard. <laughs> so, in terms of the the fighting here,
1: it wasn't anything crazy, special, or exceptional. I did like a few scenes there's a scene where goku is uh he flicks uh beerus and gives him the neck chop after washing beerus's punch and so he kind of predicts it after a while grabs beerus's punch and gives him the flick and the neck chop that beerus gave him back on king kai's planet before he got the super saiyan god transformation and i thought that was just a fun exchange um we also get to see beerus at that point use his tail for the first time to smack goku in the face and knock goku off of him which is also a fun little beat for beerus's fighting
0: well you also figure goku should have been expecting that he did fight frieza after all
1: yes and that's exactly what it reminded me of was
0: (laughs) seeing frieza
1: use his tail to beat up goku which is pretty fun too
0: and that that was fun, because even after getting slammed in the face by Beerus's tail, Goku's still laughing and joking around and just kind of having fun with the whole fight,
1: right. And Beerus is a great antagonist for Goku in that they are both very animated. And Beerus has a a little bit of a short temper in a way, and it kind of plays well with Goku's kind of playful personality.
0: And Beerus is, I I think he's having fun with this whole thing too. He just doesn't want to admit it because he's almost kind of got this persona he kind of needs to keep up. And yeah. I believe he's even, I don't think it was in this episode, but in other episodes, I know he's mentioned that if other gods found out that he had to use more power than you know a hundred percent power, then he would be the laughing stock of all the other gods. And yeah, it's kind of a reference to his his hubris
1: right yeah we we get to see a lot of uh levels of Beerus' personality he's got a lot more depth than maybe he leads on which is fun there's also one other little moment that I really liked in this fight where Beerus is monologuing and just talking and Goku just punches him right in the mouth which is very un-Dragon Ball it's almost like it's almost like Dragon Ball in this moment was being very aware of the fact that they have such long monologues where people just <laughs> don't attack the other person for whatever reason. So I really liked that kind of juxtaposition to their usual long monologues and no fighting.
0: That That's a fun, that's a nice little, little change of pace there. And I, I did appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was, I had maybe one more note here. Yeah, I've got one more as well.
1: I think for mine, the, the very last or towards the end of the scene or the episode we get, and I know we haven't talked much about Pilaf because.
0: Oh no, that's not my notes. That (sighs) is not my notes. I know.
1: I know. Neither one of us, if those of you listening can't tell, we don't really care about Pilaf's involvement in this arc. It's not important. It doesn't really add much. However this one moment where Weiss interacts with the Pilaf gang and Weiss is having food made for himself and the interaction itself isn't necessarily that significant or important. What I like about it is the fact that it shows one of the original antagonists of the Dragon Ball series in Pilaf and compares him to this somewhat antagonistic force in Weiss, who is a literal angel and just, so far above and beyond what pilaf could ever do in terms of power or scale it's just a really funny
0: comparison between the two and that was the only reason i wanted to bring that up uh, that's fair that's a fair point point. and actually i will say after rewatching this through there are a lot of scenes with weiss that i do really appreciate i i think after the second watch i really start to um appreciate all the little things that weiss does and all the I don't know, the subtle things. Weiss doesn't usually say a lot or do a lot, but most of the things that Weiss does do are usually pretty significant.
1: Absolutely. Weiss is a great character. Almost everything that he does, almost all of his actions in the show have some sort of reason behind them, which is really interesting.
0: And my last note was that Goku dragged Beerus up into lower space, that way everybody could stay safe. And then everybody climbed aboard a spaceship and went up there anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a good plan. Especially because I think Balma's the one heading the escapade on the spaceship up into space. And uh, (laughs) I think we'll get to see in the next episode how well that goes for them. But uh, I think
0: that more or less wraps up that episode. Yeah, I think so. Let's go ahead and move on to episode 11. Alright, episode 11. Let's keep going, Lord Beerus. The Battle of Gods. And this episode begins with everyone talking about how useless they are as the sidecast, and Vegeta looking up at the sky brooding. Which I think <laughs> is very important, because it pretty much puts Dragon Ball in perspective. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes, this is... Uh, there, There are some more moments with Vegeta that I want to talk about a little bit later, I think in the next episode. But... I do enjoy seeing pretty much the rest of the cast who want to watch the fight. They all get in a ship and are trying to follow the fight. But
0: Vegeta is the only one who stays on the ship and is just watching from a distance, which is interesting. Part of me thinks that he couldn't actually see anything that was going on, but he was too proud to let anyone help him go up there and see. So he'd rather just stare at the sun for 20 minutes rather than actually get a lift up there. That would be a very Vegeta thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I believe at the start of this fight, there's a lot of kind of comical back and forth between uh, Goku and Beerus, and they're both really seeming to kind of come out and enjoy themselves in this fight.
1: They are. They are. You're right. I I did put one of my notes in here for some of the shots in this fight was that I wasn't terribly impressed, and I think this is a common theme, but I wasn't terribly impressed with the, the animation and the, the fight choreography in this episode. A lot of the punches and kicks were kind of like eh, static shots without much dynamic going on, which is a, a little bit of a bummer, but There's- I think
0: super gets its groove a little bit later on. There's so much fighting in these episodes that you can tell that they had to kind of cut some corners to make sure it lasted for an hour plus or however long it ended up being.
1: Yes. And the the pacing of this uh this arc is is not the best. It does feel a little bit drawn out, which I mean, is not uncommon for Dragon Ball.
0: I think after some kind of messing around and jovial combat Beerus decides to kind of take it up a notch and he really wants Goku to start fighting Sirius and get more power out of him. And he starts just knocking Goku around. He does. Yeah. He's trying to push Goku to his limit. And in
1: this episode and the last, we get to see Goku steadily making improvements. Like the first half of the last episode, Goku's just getting beat on. And then he finally gets a few hits in and now we get to see him Take on one of Beerus's key blasts and crush it, which was kind of a cool scene, a fun little choreography bit. Uh, and I wanted to point out, too, that Sean Schemmel's grunts and shouts during that scene were excellent. I loved
0: it. He does a <laughs> phenomenal job. Uh, I can only imagine how weird it is standing in a booth grunting for an hour. <laughs>
1: He's a professional after 30 years of doing it at this point.
0: <laughs> Some of the best grunts in the business, let me that's, tell you.
1: That's right. <laughs> There's another cool fight scene. Once these are a little section when these guys really get going, and it just kind of cuts between Goku biting Beerus's tail and screaming in his ear, and Beerus whooshing Goku's face, and it feels. That's, like, classic Goku. Uh, There's lots of scenes previous, like, when Goku bites Frieza's tail. And uh, he's... Even though he's an excellent martial artist, we have to remember that he's also... He grew up in the woods. He's, like, a... It
0: basically paints him as a Neanderthal, which he more or less is. Oh, and when push comes to shove, that man's going to turn into the wild man he always has been.
1: 100%. Yeah, which... I really like that. I I like that they included a lot of those scenes in here.
0: So after the child is kind of fighting back and forth and, you know, then Beerus gets serious and he's trying to get Goku to kind of power up and see where he can go. I believe Beerus throws Goku around a little bit and then headbutts him into outer space. He does that scene right before that, where he's throwing Goku around
1: is great because Goku or yeah, Goku tries to understand Beerus and Beerus gets angry and then basically turns Goku into a key bomb. And I love this. This part reminded me again to of the Frieza fight where Frieza basically turns Goku into a soccer ball and just kicks him around. Oh yeah. I do remember that. It was a pretty cool callback. There's a lot of cool, fun callbacks in here, which I like uh i didn't really like though the animation of beerus bouncing goku into space it didn't look very good unfortunately
0: there are a couple scenes where beerus is bouncing something around whether it's like a key blast like a like a hacky sack or something like that or he's twirling it around his head and the animation just looks terrible like it's a jpeg that they're just moving back and forth like if you look at some of that stuff too, you'll see that the key blast is emitting light, but the shadows aren't changing on the actual character model, so it looks off. There's there's a number of scenes like that where you can tell just that little attention to detail was not given.
1: Yeah, it is a bummer. You can definitely tell that the animators were rushed. I do, though, like, like once they get into space, you do see, like you said, Beerus bouncing his destruction ball uh, on his head and on his tail. I like that because it shows some of beerus's playful nature and it it's very it's very cat like they they continue to kind of give these characteristics of a cat to beerus which i really <laughs> really like with his character's design
0: short tempered likes to sleep yeah that's a cat
1: yeah exactly
0: <laughs> and then i
1: think we move on to the kamehameha
0: oh yeah the big kamehameha
1: Yeah, so Beerus tries to throw a bunch of destruction balls at Goku, and Goku blows them all away. And then Goku gets stabbed in the torso with Beerus' knife
0: hand. Yep, after giving him the old knife hand, for some reason this just gets Goku all rock, and he just goes right back into outer space with double the energy. There's some sort of deep hidden power inside of him that just keeps pushing and driving him forward which is the most dragon ball thing ever that they could have done
1: yeah it is it's very dragon ball i mean there are multiple multiple times in this fight where beerus overpowers goku and goku surpasses his limits and that's you know typical dragon ball it is pretty
0: typical yeah and it's just it's with this entire fight, it's impressive how many times Goku really gets knocked down and then gets back up and gets even stronger. And I think part of that, you can attribute to this new super Saiyan God form, right? It it almost seems like it takes time for it to really kind of attach to Goku. And so he's being kind of slow dripped this celestial power.
1: Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see more of that coming up here too. I think for the most part, that takes us towards the end of the episode There's a a quick little scene where Vegeta smirks as Goku's getting back up, which I liked. And uh, the other thing that I wanted to make a note of in that episode, because that that pretty much wraps it up, is Goku getting back up. Um, But I wanted to point out again the lack of blood. I don't like the lack of blood in Super. It's really a bit of a bummer that because it was played at a Sunday morning time slot, that it's, it's really targeted more towards children. Like when Beerus stabs Goku, you basically get like this flaming aura around Goku's wound, but you don't see the wound. You don't see blood. It's just a bummer.
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I part of me is a little desensitized to it because I watched it on, or Dragon Ball Z on Toonami, where a lot of that stuff was edited out anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. that. That should have been kind of a bloody mess and Goku should have been pretty beat up i mean actually both of them they got pretty good licks in on each other at one point or another and you the battle damage is pretty minimum other than shirts tearing
1: right you get some shirts tearing you get a little bit of like scuff marks and whatnot but uh nothing too serious and there's no blood shown whatsoever uh which
0: you know it's not
1: my favorite but Hey, we get more Dragon Ball. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to complain. Well, I will complain, but I'll, I'll take what they give me. I'm, I'm not terribly <laughs> picky. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've we kind of
1: bypassed the the first episode there, but what did you think of episode 11?
0: Uh, episode 11, it was it was Dragon Ball fighting. It was Goku being a little jovial with with Beerus, which was fun. It was it was a solid episode. Not my favorite, but not the worst either. I. I'm happy it's there, and I know battles rage on for multiple episodes, so you're, you're going to have episodes like this.
1: Right. I similarly had pretty mixed feelings. Lots of little moments that I really liked, and then moments that really kind of took me out of the episode or out of the fight. Um, the animation could have been better, some of the fight choreography could have
0: been better, but... I agree with that, yeah. And there was nothing in there that really broke it for me, but there's also nothing that really stands out that I can look at and say, I really like this part of it. So it's, I would say it's a middling, maybe a little bit above middling kind of episode. I think so too. Let's go ahead and move on
1: to episode 12.
0: Yes, the universe crumbles. Clash, God of Destruction versus Super Saiyan God. How many different ways can we rearrange these words to title an episode? That's what I'm asking. (laughs) Gotta drag those episodes out. (laughs) And I believe either I'm bad at notes or the episode starts off with Vegeta staring at the sky and Whis attempting to sell him on Whis's TV package and Vegeta refusing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I wanted to talk about with Vegeta. So we've been told throughout the earlier episodes that mortals or normal people cannot detect or sense God key. Now, They couldn't sense Beerus's key. Uh, They made it a point that they couldn't sense Goku's key when he turned into a Super Saiyan God. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned already, but what do you think Vegeta is trying to do here? He's too stubborn to watch on Whis's screen and he's too stubborn to go up in the ship. He's just watching them fight or seemingly watching them fight in outer space
0: from the yacht. Like, what do you think he's trying to do? So, just without looking into it too much, I know Vegeta's very proud, and he's not going to accept help from anybody, pretty much under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to figure out a way to watch himself to figure this out himself, and whether or not I don't know if he can or cannot sense the the key of the divine, but you know he's trying to work it through his head a way to witnesses fight like he's going to figure it out he's going to figure out how to track them and even though he can't maybe sense their energy you know he can hear the the sounds of battle and he kind of knows where it's happening at and he's trying to just focus all of his senses in that direction to see what he can pick up i mean yeah. that would just be my guess
1: yeah i agree i i think you mostly covered pretty much what i was thinking too where vegeta is very proud he's also very strong and he's also I mean, he's kind of like a fighting genius, as we've seen. I mean, you know, Goku's always ahead of him for the most part. But one of the instances that I can think of in particular is when Vegeta came to Earth the first time in Dragon Ball Z. He's got his scouter and he can't sense energy. And he finds out that these Earthlings can sense energy. And then he goes to Namek, destroys his scouter, and he can now sense energy. So basically, by just knowing that this is a thing, he figures out how to do it all by himself, (laughs) which is incredible. He's he's a fighting genius. And I think that's exactly what he's doing here, is he's like, well, you know, if if gods can sense god key, I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) And I love that about Vegeta. I really like that moment with him and just wanted to
0: talk about that briefly. No, I think it is a big moment. And I think it kind of is the difference between goku and vegeta goku he does work very hard but a lot of his fighting prowess and his ability to do things it almost seems like it comes naturally like goku's a naturally gifted fighter and it just kind of works out for him whereas a little. Be- whereas vegeta i feel he's very more on the analytical side he's got to you know put all the pieces in play and he's got to figure it out he's really got to sit there and sort through things in order to figure stuff out and I mean, part of that, I think, goes back to his earlier days where he knew he was a Saiyan, he knew he was part of a proud race, he knew he was stronger than everybody, and just, he had it figured out, he had all the pieces together, and he knew which minions to have around him, and just, once all that kind of fell apart, he really had to double down on that and start going, All right, well, you know, there are more powerful beings than me in the galaxy, I don't like that, I'm gonna figure out a way to surpass all of them, and he just started putting all that, I guess that mental exercise to work there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit more I want to touch on later about that too, but uh, it comes up in a later episode. So I think from there, we move on back to our meat and potatoes of this story arc with Beerus and Goku fighting. They go a little bit further up into space, and we see uh, Beerus taking a couple cheap shots at Goku, and Goku's managing to hold his own for the most part anyway. Well, as,
0: as the fight escalates, it starts getting, uh, I guess, a little scary on a universe shattering level, doesn't it? Yeah, we get these universal shock waves. And I don't know, what did you think about these? All right, so my notes on this are Goku and Beerus punch so hard, the universe feels it. This is stupid, especially since it never really is referenced again. <laughs> I think it's just used to show how strong these boys are and add some drama. But don't worry, Goku started punching Gutter, so it stopped. <laughs> you know, my notes literally say contrived
1: stakes, question <laughs> oh, mark? yeah. Uh, I, I, I kind of liked the Goku punching thing. I, I liked that he's working on a new technique mid-fight. But yeah, the shockwaves did nothing for me. Like, it, they're, just they're trying so to make good. up stakes.
0: He's just so good at punching, he can save the universe. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I thought they were introducing a new concept, and there was going to be like, all right, like, you are now on the level of gods. And there were consequences to going all out and using all of your power. You're going to have to control that. Like, this is a new, a whole new space for you to figure out, and something for the audience to kind of watch this journey. And then... No, just in the same episode, he's like, nah, I'm better at punching, actually. So, just <laughs> straight lines. You punch in straight lines, and then the universe is saved. It's easy. I'm like, well, all right. Well, all right. Cool. Glad we went here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I liked that
1: they at least kind of dove down into exactly what he was doing. The fact that he was working on a new technique mid combat, the fact that he messed it up on the second punch. Uh, Dragon Ball doesn't get that granular in terms of martial arts detail very often after the original Dragon Ball. So I like that they
0: tried to bring that back at least just a little bit, even if it seemed a little bit silly. But if if it was something that played a role at any other point in the series, I'd probably appreciate it. But the fact that it was just kind of a, a one and done, and this is something that's kind of a big deal. It's at these energy levels, they could shatter the entire universe, theoretically you know countless planets destroyed and everything just kind of reset or gone yeah that's that's a pretty big deal and to think that we're still at the start of dragon ball super where everyone's going to get even more powerful
1: (laughs) yes yeah absolutely so it seems a little bit crazy uh there was beyond that there was another moment where goku and beerus charge up and for whatever reason, I put this in my notes because I thought it was a little bit silly, but they have these, each of them have these dragons
0: made of key that come oh, out of I them and swirl that. around. <laughs> yes, they do. <sighs> oh, and you know what? I don't mind that kind of like symbolism and kind of in the background as they're going at each other sort of thing is like a backdrop. Right. I think sometimes it's really good because it's very sim- well symbolic. It was a little bit more literal this time around, and it kind of caught me off guard when they were actually like roaring and growling and stuff. And I was just like, what? what is happening? It seemed a little ridiculous to me. Like, I mean, if you have the dragon for Goku, sure.
1: Like, Goku, he has some connection to dragons, whatever. Why for Beerus? I don't understand it for Beerus. I mean, just to show that he's powerful? Like, it just seemed silly to me.
0: Yeah, I just, I'm not sure how I felt about it. And I mean, if you go all the way back to, and I'm reaching back because I've seen Dragon Ball kind of spotty, but like with like your, what was it? The Wolfgang Fist or whatever, they would overlay yeah. like a wolf and stuff like that. Like there's been plenty of times where they took different animals and kind of pulled it into the fight or a technique or something like that. But sure, I don't think there was any reason or reference to dragons. It was It was just kind of there, which... I don't know. Like it kind of, it made the fight seem silly for just a second to me. It did. And I it, didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. The scene honestly took, spent way too long on it. I was not a fan. I um, didn't have that in my notes, but I'm so glad you brought it up because, <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> just silly. I I wasn't a fan of it. Um, we, we move on from that though. And we get Beerus with uh, his destruction orb against Goku's Kamehameha and I hate to say it, but this too was just visually unimpressive to me. Um, The Kamehameha looked kind of bland and the, I mean, they're using some, you know, computer effects for the destruction orbs, which makes them stand out a little bit and not in the best way.
0: I don't have this in my notes. Is this the one where the energy combines or or is that later on down the line? I think, I think this is the one that combines
1: at the beginning of the next episode, I think is okay. what happens. It basically this episode ends with these guys having a beam struggle. Like and... every
0: every episode of this fight, Goku does a Kamehameha and um it's they definitely like to replay it, like he fires it off three times and then it does something, but you can't make it like super impressive every time and then expect me to think it's going to be super impressive this time.
1: And that's probably <laughs> that's probably the problem. Like I'm I'm probably getting nitpicky because they use the Kamehameha so many times. And so, like you said, not all of them can be
0: visually amazing. Um, And I think they could have, and this is probably typical for Dragon Ball, but I think they could have probably just cut an episode of fighting altogether and just kind of moved more relevant content between all the other fighting episodes. And it probably would have been just a better, cleaner fight. I feel like some of the things happening are just there to kind of fill the air space to make sure that the show goes longer or what have you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that pretty much wraps up that episode. I think we've mostly talked about how we felt about that one too. Uh,
0: there's one more thing. Oh, did you have another Um, note? Yeah. Uh, Weese protects Mr. Satan from a falling ship. (laughs) I I had that in my notes and I was almost going to skip over it because we
1: both have bagged on this episode so much.
0: (laughs) What a nice guy. Anyway, we can go into the next episode. (laughs)
1: Let's just say
0: that was not a good part of this episode. (laughs) I'm just like, I I have to make a note on this. That was great. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so actually, I don't... I don't think I have a lot of notes in this next episode. I don't know if I should or not, but I just, I only have a few things here. So you might have to man the helm in this one, but I'll go ahead and bring it in. Yeah. This is episode 13. Goku surpass the super saiyan God. Wait, was that the name of the other episode? All running <laughs> <with those. laughs> We're on 13, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say these episodes have some similar titles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and yes,
0: we're on episode 13. Um, And Earth might get destroyed and everyone's worried except for Piccolo, who I think is just welcoming the cold embrace of death. I think he's just done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't have much to live for this one anyway. He's not
0: relevant. <laughs> His boy's all grown up. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's he's done a great job. That's right. But yeah, this episode basically starts with what
1: you described earlier, Dayton was the the key blast between Goku and Beerus turns into this void that is creating more shockwaves throughout the universe. And it might be why you you don't have a whole lot of notes here, because it's honestly I even have a note that says there's
0: six minutes of what feels like like fluff surrounding the shock waves. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we, because they're like flipping over to the Kais and stuff like that. And, yep. and they're kind of discussing the same thing that they've already discussed, that it's, you know, this is bad. bad. It's bad for the universe. It's so bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we we get the Kais talking. We get Whis and Satan talking. And it's just, it's honestly just bad exposition. They're just talking about these shockwaves are hurting the planet. They're hurting the universe, and they could destroy everything. Um, so we're going to basically skip most of that. We we get to uh, Goku and Beerus are struggling with the the key between them, and eventually uh, we get Beerus nullifies the key blast energy to stop it from destroying the universe. Uh, Mister Satan says that he stopped it with the power of love, which I thought was just funny. (laughs) Uh, We get. Let's see. We get a note in here that uh, Beerus is powering up to 100. percent So he says,
0: and then I don't believe. That. I don't mm-hmm. believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put allegedly. <laughs> I think uh, the like towards the end of the episode is where the only, in my opinion, like the most relevant stuff happens, and that's Goku is refer- reverting back into his normal Super Saiyan form
1: yes yes and that's probably the most important part here i did have a couple of notes uh there were one or two scenes of fun choreography that i liked uh beerus at one point says that goku has a bad habit of dropping his guard which is something that's going to come up later on in the show which i really liked uh beerus has one moment where he blocks one of goku's punches and like rolls it over and hits him with the backhand which just had a really cool, fun martial arts feel to it. Uh, then there's another moment where Goku just headbutts the shit out of Beerus, <laughs> uh, which I love. I mean, that's that's again very Goku, very Neanderthal fighting oh, style. Oh yeah, I think
0: Beerus even makes a comment like, you know, what are you, some sort of Neanderthal? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh man, this that. is a street fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's excellent. Um, and then we we get Goku going back to regular Super Saiyan, and then the towards the very tail end uh scene that I liked where we go back to the dragon team on the yacht, uh Whis says the fight is over after he detects Goku kind of powering down almost, and then Piccolo goes and grabs Weis. Uh, and Whis is not pleased with it. He's like, unhand me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then Vegeta Fires a key blast at both Weiss and Piccolo, and then just continues to watch the fight. He says nothing, but he just keeps watching like he's watching the fight with confidence in Goku, which I really liked.
0: I think um, I think he kind of had things figured out as to how they would play out, and I think he I think that key blast was veered towards Piccolo. I think that key blast was kind of a warning to Piccolo, like, "Hey, I think things are covered," because Vegeta, I think, only glares at piccolo for just a moment and then looks back up to the sky i think there's a brief exchange of looks right there
1: yeah yeah i think that's a good assessment of what that exchange was supposed to be uh and then at the beyond that we actually get uh, a little bit of a conversation between goku and beerus where it's there. they start fighting again and goku's still hanging in there and it seems like he's retained his god strength somehow and beerus kind of Pulls something out of his ass saying, explaining how it worked and how Goku like retained the energy inside of him or something.
0: Yeah. Cause even, um, Beerus is a little caught off guard by how much power Goku still has in a super saiyan form. And mind you, he's not even super saiyan three. He's super saiyan one or two. Right. And he's putting up a much better fight than his super saiyan three was on King Kai's planet.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Way better. And I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I think it sounds like for you, you didn't have many notes, probably because you didn't think there was much important in here. Is that about right?
0: Uh, yep, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, uh Earth might get destroyed, it doesn't. Um, and <laughs> Goku's back to Super Saiyan form; he's strong. That, that's pretty much the episode for me. Yeah
1: this this episode was dragged out. It could have been cut down to. 10 to 5 minutes, and it probably would have been a better episode. Oh, yeah. This
0: is probably my number one candidate during the fighting episodes. That could have been just axed, and then you could just throw Goku turning back into Super Saiyan form in one of the—probably the previous episode.
1: Yes, 100%. I agree. On that note, let's go ahead and move on to episode 14.
0: Yes, episode 14. This is every ounce of power I have. The battle of God's conclusion. So I'm going to assume that the the battle concludes in this episode. Right there <laughs> in the title. It's almost like they spoil it before it even happens. And I will say, this episode had little chunks of animation that I really appreciated. There was some really nicely animated fight scenes I felt in this episode. I wouldn't say the whole thing, but there were a couple exchanges that felt like had a a nice artistic touch to them. As you're saying that, I might have to go back and watch it, because I actually had a note in here that... My first
1: note says, punchies with bad animation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, but I think
1: that was at the very start.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple scenes that it, it's weird because there are certain exchanges that I felt looked really good. And then there are kind of filler exchanges that I felt looked really bad. So an important like fight sequence would happen where kind of uh, whether the fighting was the dialogue or dialogue was happening. And I thought it looked good. Mm-hmm. But then there was kind of filler fighting that looked really terrible. So at first I had, oh, this is nicely animated. Then a couple of things happens and I said, a couple parts of this are really nicely animated. (laughs) (laughs) So that was something actually updated in my notes. That's pretty funny. (laughs) So I don't give the whole episode credit because there's definitely some bad animation in there. But there are a couple sequences that I felt looked really nice. Okay. And that's
1: that's fair. I I unfortunately might have overlooked some of the better animation shots because the, the very beginning I thought just did not look very good.
0: See, um, I know there's a lot of criticism with Dragon Ball Super on poorly animated parts. Right. So I'm trying to do the opposite and look for stuff that I like the animation on because That's there's smart. definitely some good stuff in there. And I think if you focus too much on the negative animation, you're just going to think the whole thing is kind of crap. And it's really not. There, There's really like talented people working on this. And you can tell in certain parts.
1: Absolutely. And I agree. And that's,
0: there were definitely some parts in the earlier
1: episodes that I really liked some of the fight choreography. They did some fun work with that.
0: I mean, I think, and I'm just trying to remember Based off of what I've rewatched, I think some of the stuff on North Kai's planet was some of the worst looking fighting I've seen so far in the series.
1: That episode is notorious for is bad it? animation. Yeah, <laughs> okay. the, the internet has just torn that episode apart, unfortunately. I think it's episode it's, five.
0: It's just weird because Goku's face will look kind of really off and his arms like really not drawn in right. I'm just like, what? what is happening here?
1: <laughs> oh, man. They, they must not have had much time for that one at all. It got real no, bad. But no. they've even the bad animation in like this episode this episode has some bad animation it's it doesn't get that level of bad Uh, i'll have to
0: probably you know off air i'll send you some of the parts of that episode that i thought were nicely animated and then you can correct me
1: (laughs) yeah i'd like to see some of that um but i think we get to a point here where goku eventually loses super saiyan entirely he goes back to his base form and it kind of looks like the fight is over. Beerus goes to flick Goku. Uh, he wants to poetically end the fight the same way it started. Which I appreciate. I think that's... Uh, yeah, I like that. That man has style. I know. He's he's fun. I like Beerus. And uh, we, once again, get Goku surpassing his limits. He just powers back up to Super Saiyan. And... Uh, <laughs> And then we get another Kamehameha versus a destruction oh, ball. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> they—that's uh, probably one of my biggest problems with this fight in the anime—is that
0: it repeats a lot of stuff over and over. It really does. I think this is, and I need to double check my notes. I think this is the fourth uh, Kamehameha in the this whole battle. And every single, every single one of them, they really build up as to like, oh here it is, like, this is gonna happen, watch this. And after, you know, the third time, I guess, it's you kind of stopped caring as much. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I get that they're powering up and stuff, but yeah, it just does, it makes it feel less important. Uh, but this time, we basically end the, the mid-section of the episode ends with them creating almost what looks like a star out of the uh, blast between the two of them, and Beerus begins to push the star looking key blast at Goku. Goku ends up punching the star and destroys it, which is a pretty cool scene. And it more or less knocks Goku out. I think he goes back into his base form. He seems once again, pretty much done for. Which Uh, I
0: I actually really like that because it kind of shows that Goku's going to fight it out to the bitter end sort of thing. And he's not, he's not going to let anything happen to earth. He, He'll stand in front of anything Beerus throws at it no matter what.
1: Absolutely. It's, I mean, that's a great, great classic Goku moment is Goku just pushing himself to his limit. We don't frequently get to see Goku. I mean, this is basically the end of the fight. We don't really get to see Goku lose a fight very often. Um, I mean, there are certainly moments. He loses a few fights in the original Dragon Ball and he almost always comes back and then beats that character.
0: Yep uh captain ginyu was one of the ones i thought
1: of with a quote-unquote lost fight and even that is kind of fr- because of a gimmicky
0: move more or less yes uh, which by the way that's a thing of nightmares right there being turned into a horny brain man I, no, no <laughs> thank you you're gonna be purple now <laughs> <laughs> i do not look good in spandex let me tell you oh man All right. right. And so
1: we basically get Goku falling out of the stratosphere here. And one of the scenes that I really liked here is Goku, or I'm sorry, Vegeta telling the kids to get out of the way. And he jumps down to catch Goku. And it shows Vegeta showing concern for Goku's safety. And we get this nice exchange of lines where Goku says, Nice catch, buddy. And Vegeta says something along the lines of, Oh, shut up. I'm not concerned about you because you were a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean he, he Vegeta went out of his way to catch Goku, uh, which I really, really liked.
0: Oh yeah. It's they there's definitely a kindred between those two, whether Vegeta would like to admit it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely shows the growth in Vegeta's character.
0: And he's good um. at catching
1: too. <laughs> i'm sure goku would have something to say about that
0: oh i'm sure there's definitely a a scene a little later on where goku was going to catch somebody and missed by about a a a nautical mile oh boy (laughs) (laughs) all right. right so i believe at that point let's see here i believe the earth is about to get destroyed right yeah yeah we get satan steps up and uh Gohan
1: and Piccolo and some of the rest of the dragon team step up to defend the earth and Beerus is ready to blow it up. I feel like we've been here before. (laughs) It's almost (laughs) like this arc repeats itself a few times. A little bit. (laughs) And then Beerus falls asleep. (laughs) Oh
0: no. I hate it when that happens. Uh, well,
1: (laughs) Uh. I, I don't know. What did
0: you think about this, this ending that way? I'm trying to think I think my feelings afterwards are different than my initial feelings.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: think the first time I saw it it definitely like it felt like a cop out. It definitely did. But at the same time I don't think I necessarily mind it because one it's lighthearted and Dragon Ball's always been kind of lighthearted and jovial with even important things. Right. And I think Beerus does have a character that he's trying or a persona that he's trying to maintain. And yeah. so this kind of plays to that. It's, I said I was going to blow up this planet, I'm going to blow it up, and then, oh no, I fell asleep, I'm going to blow up the planet. Like, I think there's definitely something to that. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, we we get an exchange once uh, Whis takes Beerus
1: off of Earth. Uh, we get an exchange where Whis says that Beerus was faking and then Beerus denies that he was faking. I mean, do you, which one do you believe? Do you think
0: Beerus was faking it or do you think he uh, oh, he absolutely. actually fell asleep? Absolutely. He, he was <laughs> faking that. Then and Fakie McFakerton. Yeah. That guy was faking that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think if we believe that Beerus faked it, which I think there's a lot that uh, leads us to believe he was faking it based on we saying that and everything. Oh
0: yeah. You, if we sniffed it out, then it's probably true. Yeah, yeah, most likely.
1: And I think that says a lot about Beerus's character here as we're learning more about him though. Uh he he either, I mean he he has multiple motivations to leave Earth intact, whether it be the food, whether it be to fight Goku again, whether it be that he, you know, maybe created a connection with Goku or the other people on Earth and wants to keep them around. Like it says a lot about him in this moment that he faked falling asleep to save them.
0: And when Weiss and Beerus first showed up to Bulma's party, they were treated with nothing but respect and food and all this other stuff. True. And they had no idea who they were. These were just two strangers, and you gotta think that, (laughs) you know, they didn't show up and say, hi, I'm a god of destruction, give me what I want, I'm gonna blow up this planet. They were just, I think, introduced as Vegeta's friends, which is kind of funny, but that's all it took, (laughs) and they were pretty much given, well, Because Balma's the richest person on the planet, they're probably given some of the best food on the planet. So that's really not a bad lead off. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Whis was putting together a doggy bag as
1: they were leaving. Yes. He was enjoying himself.
0: (laughs) And I do believe after Beerus faked his nap, Weiss made a comment about how uh, the Earth is probably safe, but just in case the next time they show up, have some of that pudding ready because Beerus is going to want it.
1: Yeah, I think Bulma makes a comment about she'll make a swimming pool full of pudding. (laughs) 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 Which is just a great visual and also just a great little nod to how fucking rich she is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, she would do that just for fun. Yeah. Uh, There's, I think this basically just kind of wraps up the tail end of this episode wraps up the story arc with Beerus. So we get a scene of Goku uh, recuperating and eating. Gohan mentions that he's having a baby for the, I guess, second time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the scene that I really liked, I even took the time to write down the specific quotes here is Vegeta and Goku talking where Goku is telling Vegeta, oh man, it'll be your turn next time when we do the Super Saiyan God ritual. And Vegeta says the line that I just died laughing on, which is, only a fool would be happy with second best. (laughs) (laughs) And the irony in that is incredible to me. (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Uh, he, He even goes on to say, I'll improve with my own power, which I like. And then Goku even goes on to compliment him and says, If anyone can do
0: it, it's you, Vegeta. (laughs) God. It's Uh, such a good exchange between those two characters. Poor Vegeta. Oh, my God. Pour one out for the guy because that is just. (laughs) (sighs) He'll get his win one day. I'm still waiting for it. How many decades has it been? You know. (laughs) Let's not count. (laughs) I'm sure it'll happen eventually. I mean, the one thing I will say I did like is when they were discussing the, you know, you'll get the Super Saiyan God next. I do believe Vegeta and Goku both make comments kind of around the idea that neither of them really like given power. They didn't really like the Super Saiyan God idea because it wasn't their power. It's power that's kind of lent or given to them. It's not their own strength. Yes. And I think we talked briefly about that's one of the
1: things that I don't like about the Super Saiyan God. I'm glad that they brought that up because initially Goku in the anime just seems excited about the power And we'll see later on in the movie, he has a slightly different interpretation, which I liked a little bit better. Um, But that more or less wraps up that episode and largely wraps up the story arc for Beerus. We've got four more episodes to go through and they are a little bit more like I'm torn between whether I want to call them
0: downtime episodes or filler episodes. Yeah, we can. uh, Let's go ahead and burn through these ones, and while we're at it, let's go ahead and just burn down this next one. So I'm just <laughs> gonna introduce it, and then you can make whatever notes you want because I just all of my notes are bad. They they aren't really. Yeah. Anyway, episode fifteen: Make a miracle. Satan the hero. A challenge from out space. Out of space. I think I have a typo. Whatever. Outer space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, and this episode starts us off with goku and chi chi eating and chi chi basically tells goku that they spent all their money that they got already from mr satan and he can't train he has to go get a job Uh, and then we get a brief little scene with gohan and videl and gohan's taking care of videl because she's pregnant um uh, if if you have anything to add about those first two scenes
0: no i got there's only (laughs) one scene i want to talk about i actually did get a legitimate chuckle out of this and part of that is uh shemmel's voice acting excellent
1: uh we get a brief shot of vegeta training on a rock uh we get mr satan which i think is kind of the the meat of this episode is telling the story of how he defeated the destroyer and he calls him lord beavis And as a (laughs) 90s kid, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) growing up in the 90s, I could not help but laugh about the Beavis and Butthead reference. (laughs) Uh, There's also one of the things that I liked about this shot, too, is it shows uh, Mr. Satan's, uh, I'm going to call them his backup fighters are present. It's basically the fighters who showed up to fight in the uh, Cell Saga with him which I just thought was a nice little detail to connect this to him in the Cell Saga.
0: Yeah, they're all just kind of working as his, I guess, his staff. They're just taking phone calls and talking to media and all this other stuff. They're they're kind of just the support uh, folks surrounding Mr. Satan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But getting to the part that I'm sure you love so much, we get these cat aliens, is what I'm going to call them, who show up and... They came to pay respect to the warrior who defeated Beerus. They award Mr. Satan a medal, and then they challenge Mr. Satan to battle to prove his combat prowess. And as we all know, Mr. Satan's, I mean, he's strong for an Earthling, sure. But when it comes to aliens from outer space, he doesn't want any part in it. (laughs) No, 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 no. That,
0: That guy, he needs somebody to fight for him, and then he can take the credit.
1: Right, he tries to get, uh, I think, Gohan and Vegeta, and then eventually Goku shows up with his tractor.
0: <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. and Goku's, I think, really hesitant to fight because Chi Chi told him no fighting, but Mister Satan told him, Ah, come on, you go ahead, go ahead and step in there and take a round for me, and Goku pretty much agrees without much convincing because he's been itching for a fight for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, there's a
1: fun little back and forth with Satan and Goku where Goku's like,
0: oh, no, I really shouldn't.
1: I'm trying to get my tractor fixed, and Chi-Chi would be mad. But he, you can tell, especially like you said with Shemmel's voice acting, you can tell he just really wants to get in there. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And yeah. I do believe after Goku agrees, I believe that cat people are offended that they were offered a farmhand or kind of a backwater person to fight rather than the hero of the planet.
1: Yeah, they say something like he looks like a hillbilly or like a backwater fighter or something like that.
0: And yeah, they are offended by this. <laughs> and, and right before they're able to really square off and get started, I believe Piccolo brings to Chi-Chi's attention that Goku is in a fighting ring and Chi-Chi is very displeased with this.
1: Yeah, we see Piccolo shopping with Chi-Chi and even makes a comment about why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh eventually goku sees chi chi and then tells mr satan to punch him mr satan punches goku and goku kind of flies away like he
0: got knocked out of the ring grabs his tractor oh my god the voice acting in that scene where he's like oh no i'm flying away and i almost (laughs) forgot my tractor (laughs) (laughs) so good i died laughing that right there was my favorite part of the episode that's the only thing you need to see That part was great. Yeah. (laughs) Shemel's delivery on that line was
1: incredible. (laughs) 10 out of 10. 10 out
0: of 10 favorite episode.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I think we eventually get this big beefy cat guy chasing Satan around the ring and the cat guy throws a punch at Satan and then stops and we see Satan's dog be behind him and these cat aliens are terrified of dogs it's kind of you know this little joke about cats and dogs uh Some and then top, they...
0: top shelf stuff right there
1: <laughs> yeah right and then the the cats run away and get off the planet um not the best episode
0: no about the only other note i have is that i believe towards the end of the episode they show vegeta standing in the mountains being broody and dirty
1: yep Yep, he's, I mean, typical Vegeta. And then the only other... We end the episode with Goku is saying that he has to sleep outside at his home um, because he was in the fighting
0: ring and Chi-Chi's angry. Uh, I, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, I think needless to say, this is probably my least favorite episode in the second half of this story arc. I, I could have... This episode could have just been deleted and I wouldn't have missed anything.
1: Yeah, and it... Some of these other either filler or downtime episodes are a little bit better and I enjoyed them. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about a lot of these four episodes have kind of like their own self-contained story. I'm not a big fan of that. Although I do actually like seeing our dragon team in downtime scenarios because we get to feel them out as people a little bit more, which is fun.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind it when you're doing some character building and having an episode that's just trying to give you a peek into people's lives, but it's this felt like a digression rather than progression. Just yeah. because Goku is now not allowed to fight anymore and he's got to go back to tractoring, and it's like, well, why? He just he just brought home a hundred million zenny and he has to go get a job. What are you kidding me? Come on, get out of here. I'm not gonna lie, and I agree
1: with you. I'm not gonna lie, I do not like what they've done with chi-chi in dragon ball super in general. I, I mean, think they a, did
0: her dirty. I, I really agree. do think they did her dirty.
1: Oh, I I don't really care for the the angry housewife trope that they keep using with her even in like the late 2010s like we can we can do something more with her.
0: Yeah, um, and especially since her character came from I believe a fighting background too. It's not like Absolutely. It's not like she was always a housewife and just wanted to do that was, no she was actually kind of a badass and i believe she was super strong and had all this other stuff going for her when she was quite a bit younger when she met goku and then i guess she just hung up the gloves and then just became a trope and that's it's kind of sad i want to talk about more about that in the next
1: episode or i think it's the next episode Is uh it? one of these next ones where we get chi
0: chi and Videl. Oh, God. Um, Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And that was, (laughs) that was, that was a tough watch. I'm sorry. Yeah. Real quick, one last note I want to make about
1: this episode 15. An actual positive note, even though this one is not our favorite episode, as you can tell. All right. Yeah. I actually did like B saving Satan, even though the way that B saved Satan was kind of silly. I like B. Paying Satan back for when Satan saved B in the Boo saga. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Mr. Satan basically saw this hunter guy shoot B because B was Boo's dog. And then Mr. Satan went and beat the shit out of this hunter guy. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I think Mr. Satan took B back to Boo so that Boo could heal B. And this scene where B actually gets to pay Satan back for that. I like that. Uh, It's, it's a fun little moment where we get to see this fun relationship between this guy and his dog. Um, They, they probably could have worked up to that more or kind of given us more information about that a little bit, uh, make it feel a little bit more heartfelt, but I still enjoyed that little nod to the boo saga.
0: I I enjoyed the nod to B. I, I think you give it more credit than I would, but I'll I'll go ahead and just agree with it for now. That I, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I'm also I'm pretty jaded with this episode. Yeah, I might have been trying to find something good about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, just referencing B's background, I forgot about that until you brought it up, and that was that that was talking at heartstrings right there. That's that's how you write a a man and his dog episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that part in the Boo Saga. I really like that part about uh, Mr. Satan and getting to see Mr. Satan being a compassionate guy. I, we we don't get to see him be a great person all the time. No, uh, he's not He's not a bad guy, though. That's the thing. No, he has underlying good elements, and I like when those elements come out.
0: It, it's fun with his character. I mean, you could say that about a lot of, or a good number of the cast, like Vegeta. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's go ahead and move on to episode 16 here. Yes, Vegeta becomes an apprentice, winning Whis over. And I think the uh, the title of this episode pretty much tells you what's going to happen in it. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. I think we... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. But I don't think uh, that's where the episode starts. I think it starts off with Goku asleep at a tractor and Krillin showing up.
1: Now, I'm curious to hear what you think of this scene because I liked this scene quite a bit uh and I know
0: you really like Krillin, so right. best character favorite character right there. <laughs> and uh oh my god, there's so much meaning to what happens. Krillin shows up and he he tells Goku, "Hey, I need you to just slug me in the face." And Goku's like, "It's really going to hurt." And Krillin's like, "Oh yeah, daddy, I want it." And then Goku goes ahead and just <laughs> slugs him and Krillin goes flying he's flying through trees and houses and all kinds of stuff and goku decides hey i'm gonna go catch my best friend and he i believe instant transmissions ahead of where krillin's gonna basically smash into a rock except he's out of place and krillin smashes into a rock and (laughs) oh boy Uh, to me this was kind of the uh coup de gras to one of my favorite characters (laughs) now when you say coup de gras, i mean basically like they're killing him off from the series it's like this dude is not gonna fight ever again just i want everyone to know the difference don't even think he's gonna fight he's worthless (laughs) i mean what's he gonna do throw his shoes at some guy like that no (laughs) yeah
1: i mean when when Krillin is your favorite character and then you get to see him just kind of get shat on. That is a bit of a bummer. I mean, uh, later on, we'll get to see him do a few things. Uh, I, I did kind of like the next scene that we get with Krillin with 18 and we get to see 18 tending to Krillin's wound, (laughs) his big Uh, black eye sponging his uh, boo-boos. Yeah, basically I actually, uh, this part, I actually really, really liked. Uh, because 18 is kind of like giving Krillin a hard time and ribbing him a little bit verbally. But you get this shot of her as she smirks as she's taking care of him. Yeah. And <laughs> you can tell she she just loves the heck out of this guy. I mean, she she doesn't care that he's weaker than the rest of the group. Uh, she doesn't need him to be strong and powerful and take care of her. She's plenty strong herself. And I I really just
0: like this moment a lot. See, I, I actually, I, I don't mind that moment. I think it's pretty good. And it also shows, I like it when they show the couples kind of getting along. Yes. Just because it's, these people have to live together. You didn't just pull names out of a hat and then create relationships. Exactly. I wish that the punch to Krillin's face would have sparked a fire rather than confirming his want to just kind of sit on the couch. Yeah. And I and think I that's... Can... That's where I kind of, because I don't mind Krillin being just utterly destroyed by a little Goku punch because he should be. He Krillin's kind of just been out of the game for so long. Right. But after Beerus shows up and threatens the whole planet and Krillin's sitting there and he's watching his wife and his daughter just like on the brink of destruction. Wouldn't you think that would motivate you to want to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to defend my family. I'm not just going to call Goku whenever something goes wrong. Like this is my family and this is kind of my responsibility. That's my thought anyway.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And I I don't disagree with you at all on that. The, Especially, you know, when Krillin's one of your favorite characters, I think it's it's a tough decision when all of these characters, all of these Earthlings like Krillin, Tien, Yamcha, are just seeing this gap get wider and wider between them. And, and, Goku and, the, and
0: the audience. Vegeta. And the audience notices that. I love
1: <laughs> And i mean it's it's kind of like what do you what do you do at that point like krillin is still a badass Krillin's probably arguably one of the strongest if not the strongest earthling and it's just tough for him to compete i mean and he also one of the things that i kind of like about this is the fact that krillin and goku are our best friends and Krillin knows that he can rely on Goku to protect the Earth, which is, is kind of a fun beat in their relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's that that level of faith in Goku. I'll, I don't have to worry, I can sleep at night because Goku's watching over us sort of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. But I can see why, you know, that's not the most satisfying ending to his
0: uh, fighting career. Yeah, I mean, it's... Is is that something that you would do? Yeah, probably. Why would I go out and get my butt kicked when there's Superman that can go out there and do it for me? I'm just going to go home and watch my shows and eat my Doritos. <laughs> but Krillin isn't just a normal guy. He's somebody who's participated in the World Martial Arts Tournaments and trained under Master Roshi and went through all these trials and all these different challenges that he more or less overcame for the majority of his storyline. Yeah. I mean, even on... Namek, he was stepping up to fight and doing what he had to do. And I believe in what was it there? One of the later sagas, he was still trying to fight, even though it was kind of pointless. But you know, he's still getting in there and he's still trying to fight and do the right uh, Cell saga. Yeah, he he tries to stand up against second form Cell and uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the results aren't great, but no. But there's there's still that drive in that doing the right thing and standing up for people. And that's that's kind of the thing that I wish they would have just kept going with Krillin. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't blame you for feeling that way. I, I kind of feel that way myself too. I, I like Krillin. Krillin's crafty, Krillin's fun. Namek Saga Krillin is probably best
0: Krillin. <laughs> oh, the heart well Namek Saga is just one of the best story arcs in general so every, everything about that is just mm, chef's kiss yeah
1: absolutely um let's go ahead and move further on the episode oh I right to spend yeah a... yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> i could talk I... about krillin the entire episode so
1: yeah and that's why i wanted to spend a little bit more time on that because everybody if you couldn't tell dayton really likes krillin <laughs> My
0: favorite character i played him in a what was it budokai all the time guy was great wow. he's fantastic <laughs> but we basically move on from the scene with Krillin
1: and Goku, to Vegeta, training on rocks some more. Uh, We get a scene with Balma and Whis, where Balma is now kind of getting buddy-buddy with Weiss and feeding him all kinds of different tasty food.
0: Oh, dear Lord, this episode makes me hungry. (laughs) I know,
1: right? Uh, And it's... This is... I like what this shows about Balma's character, which most of us already know, but Balma is... A smart, strong, independent woman. And despite not being a fighter, she finds ways to solve problems in her own way. And she's one of the few, 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 few characters in Dragon Ball who still does that in Dragon Ball Super, despite the crazy power levels of all these different characters.
0: Yeah, it's her her craftiness and her survival instinct that kind of keep her pushing forward. And I think she figured out that if Weiss is kind of favorable towards her, then maybe she can keep her planet alive or keep her family alive at the very least, as long as she has somebody looking out for her.
1: Absolutely. And that's, she's one of my favorites between her and Vegeta. And so we then get to see Vegeta show up and he's all dirty and beat up. And, uh he's surprised to see Whis, but he asks Weis well, first off, Weis reveals that he's Beerus's teacher.
0: Yes, and that's a big reveal. I think it really tells you who wears the pants or pants in that family.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a big deal considering how powerful Beerus is. And uh then Vegeta asks Weis to train him. And we talked about uh Goku and Vegeta and how they progress in power a little bit one of the things I wanted to make a note about here is that the different one of the big differences between Vegeta and Goku is that Goku has almost always since he was a young child had an instructor or a mentor Vegeta has never had a mentor or instructor
0: until asking weis to train him I didn't even think about that yeah that sounds pretty pretty true to me he pretty much has just had the idea that he's of noble blood and is kind of destined to be one of the strongest warriors in the galaxy and is just our galaxy universe. And just has kind of done everything on his own since then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where Goku has always
1: had people to teach him and he's stolen all of his teacher's techniques, Vegeta. This is why I call Vegeta a fighting genius because Vegeta has done it all on his own. He's, you know, got Super Saiyan on his own. He created all these different fighting techniques on his own. He got all this power on his own. And this is the moment where he's actually, you know, sucking in his pride and saying, all right, I actually need somebody to teach me how to figure out this God stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's It's also kind of a a realm that is really foreign to just about, well, anybody whether it's the characters in the show, whether it's us, the viewer, it's this whole divinity thing is very, very new. And I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think that's something that Vegeta would be able to figure out on his own. And I'm yeah. guessing when he was sitting there staring up at beers and Goku fighting, that was probably something that he was thinking about is how do I achieve that level? It's not like there's a race he can go and talk to and fight or something like that. It's not like there's a book he can read um there's i don't know if there's a way to figure that out
1: yeah yeah i mean maybe like vegeta does figure it out eventually as we'll see but it's it's with weese's help um it's not on his own in this in this particular instance um but we basically get this kind of goofy scene that i'm not a huge fan of of vegeta trying to oh yeah feed weese food to train him and whatnot
0: I mean, isn't this the second time that Vegeta has done silly things with food to try and appease Whis or Beerus?
1: Yeah, and I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of that part or that change of Vegeta's character, but whatever.
0: It seems like sometimes they're looking for lighthearted humor and stuff like that, but they're kind of looking for it in the wrong places sometimes. I I don't know how I feel about it. It kind of makes Vegeta look like a goof.
1: Yeah, and... Vegeta just doesn't work as a goof in my mind. He's no. he's never been a goof throughout all of Dragon Ball Z.
0: I mean, uh, there's there's a way to have fun with Vegeta's personality, but just making him a goof is that's not the right way to do it. Have him be stubborn and brooding, and then yeah, play off of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the the dynamic that you have between Vegeta and Goku. There's comedy in there because Goku is always jovial and uh, trying to be positive, and Vegeta's always brooding and grumpy so there's comedy in that contrast but uh but yeah we basically get uh vegeta gives him some microwave ramen and we get a little bit about uh how balma eats ramen basically every day which i thought was kind of funny
0: um i wonder if that that ramen is like you know million dollar microwave ramen i wonder if it's like good stuff and not the stuff that i'm buying off the shelf at the the grocery mart for 99 cents yeah, I mean, I'll eat that stuff, but I wouldn't call it one of the best foods on the planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't exactly eat that stuff for as long as I did because it was uh, tasty. <laughs> no, it's more like what you eat as a poor college kid when you can't afford something better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so the, the microwave noodles do the trick, and um, I believe Weiss agrees to take Vegeta on as his apprentice
1: yes and that that more or less wraps this episode up i did have a, a note here that is going to be relevant later that uh initially we says that he wants vegeta to become a destroyer in order for him to train him uh but vegeta kind of
0: convinces him with food yeah um, i almost wrote that down myself because i thought I was like, is this part of the deal? Do I not remember that? And then it turned out, I think the food was actually the deal. And he's not really required to become a destroyer god unless I don't, I didn't understand that correctly.
1: Yeah, the, we're kind of getting in the manga. We're getting to a point where that comment might be relevant, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Um but it, it, it hasn't kind of come to fruition yet, but we'll kind of see as the manga progresses a little bit further. Uh, and then there's one last note that I just really liked as a character beat in here, where Balma gives Vegeta a new uniform and armor, and he kind of gets his new look with the almost like gray suit with a slightly different armor. And this Super... One of the things that I absolutely love that Super does is show the relationship between Balma and Vegeta because we get almost none of that throughout Dragon Ball Z. And we get all these little moments of like, this is how Balma shows she cares about Vegeta. And I love it. It's great. I want to see more stuff like that in Dragon Ball. I'm still
0: not convinced they actually get along. (laughs) (laughs) I still have my doubts, but I do appreciate some of the stuff that they do.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, there's some <laughs> there there's some even comments about Balma saying she doesn't like Vegeta's communication or lack of communication. Oh, yeah.
0: And I'm guessing Balma's probably a pretty busy girl running one of the largest corporations on the planet. So I'm guessing a normal guy who would want to hang out and go to dates is probably not going to be the right fit for her. So I can kind of see where Vegeta would kind of step in and make sense.
1: Right. They're both very, both of them are strong, independent characters with their own agenda and their own goals. So that's kind of why it works for them.
0: (laughs) That's at least the reasoning I'm going to go with. Yeah. But
1: uh, let's move on from that episode to episode 17.
0: Pan is born and Goku goes on a training trip. This is your favorite episode, isn't it?
1: Oh, man. I have so many things to say about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, but yeah, we we basically get the initial scene starts with um, Videl walking in on Satan playing with Pan. And Gohan comes home and they're kind of tossing Pan around and play fighting between Gohan and Satan. And uh, I think Chi Chi basically comes in and interrupts them. And she gets super protective over Pan and says, oh, you can't be throwing a baby around.
0: (laughs) Which I don't see the
1: problem with that. I mean... Baby was having fun. It's all that matters. It's a Saiyan baby. Like, she's probably (laughs) durable or something, right? Well, a quarter Saiyan baby? quarter Saiyan,
0: yeah. How much Saiyan do you need to get all that power and uh, bounce bounce backiness? I mean,
1: I think there is an episode later, but... It's it's a while later where we'll get to see how powerful Pan is, which is kind of Yes,
0: weird. I do remember that now that you mention it, but yes. <laughs> just a drop. Just a drop.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this again shows Chi-Chi in just a really negative light. I'm not a fan of what they do with her here. She's playing the overbearing grandma at this point.
0: Yeah, I was not a fan of it. It it's really seemed like they were going out of their way to make her kind of overstep her boundaries and be overprotective and r- restrictive and just. I don't. I don't know if maybe this is more humorous in Japan or something like that. If it's kind of a cultural difference or something like that, but I just. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I was just not a fan of the way that they portrayed Chi Chi. They kind of took the. The, the housewife thing and just kind of cranked it to 11 and let it run and i just eh, didn't, yeah. didn't feel good
1: i agree i think they just took it way too far um we then get a scene with balma basically getting in the middle of a bank robbery and she chases the guys down which is kind of fun uh but we get to see again your favorite character yes. as a police officer being a
0: pillar of society
1: (laughs) what did you think about that what did you think about krillin being a police officer
0: um i I don't know man (laughs) he's he's a police (laughs) officer he's just working a nine-to-five like it's they're just transitioning him into the most mundane person on the planet so it's what do you expect You, you like this guy because he's kind of the the cool sidekick funny good guy who's not very strong but is willing to do anything for his friends and he's kind of turned into the just kind of go to work and go home and write tickets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't know. They um kind of do him dirty a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, but uh what, what can you do? I mean, we all know that the, if you don't have say in blood, you don't matter, but it just That's It sucks seeing it go so far in this other direction. Yeah, I mean in Dragon Ball Z, it gets to that point like
1: but like you said, Krillin was still at least somewhat relevant. Even Tien has his shining moment against Cell. And uh, I mean, they, they aren't nearly as relevant in the Boo saga. I'll give you that. But
0: I mean, this kind of takes it to a whole nother level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, and just to jump back towards the beginning of this episode for one moment. There is in the like narrator's introduction, he does mention that six months have passed since the previous episode so at this point uh Vegeta has been training on Whis's planet for six months
1: that's a good note I think I missed that actually and that's probably going to be important here especially because we kind of see Goku is still farming um so
0: and you also have to remember that uh Videl hardly looked pregnant earlier in the show, and then suddenly she has a baby, and that's kind of where that happens at. It's one of those things where <laughs> if you miss that little introduction, you're like, well, what the hell happened? There's a baby here now? All right, I guess we're doing this.
1: Sure, yeah, it's baby time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That is,
1: they kind of gloss over that, but I guess you could kind of infer that since there is a baby, I suppose. Yeah, it's like, where did this baby come from? Whose baby is this? Yeah, but the, I guess kind of the main source of conflict in this one is that Chi-Chi has locked herself in a room oh, with Videl and Pan uh, because she doesn't like the way that Gohan and Mr. Satan are trying to raise Pan as a child.
0: I just, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. It's the, the overbearing housewife trope. And it's just, it's cranked to absolutely 11 and and I believe Chi-Chi's only letting the women into the room and they're yeah. discussing like the plans for the child and Chi-Chi's kind of explaining to Videl how she should raise her child. And I don't know. I mean, I do like that Videl was like, well, you know, I grew up with martial arts and I like doing that. And I liked Gohan because he was into that. And, you know, that's kind of where our, our relationship sparked. And I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. I like that. You know, she was kind of reasonable about it and kind of shows... The difference between the overbearing housewife and housewife, <laughs> <laughs> like a modern day housewife. Yeah, I guess I don't um, know. I think Vidal's story women. arc, Videl story arc, is going in the direction of just living at home right now. So.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about Videl briefly because Videl is one of my least favorite parts of this episode, too. (laughs) I actually, I like the part that you mentioned. I like the fact that we get that contrast where Videl is a little bit more progressive and she's like, just let the kid do what she wants. However, I don't like the fact that we are basically getting Videl pushed into the background, pushed into this typical
0: Dragon Ball mother role or female role for the most part it's like all of the interesting parts of Videl's personality have been kind of eliminated in Dragon Ball Super (laughs) you
1: 100% read my mind and that's Uh. exactly what bothers me about it is that she I think I wrote down here that she feels like just very generic female mother character
0: like Her character used to be kind of edgy and liked to fight and was pretty strong and stubborn and had all these all these interesting things that made her character something that you would actually kind of want to follow. And you got more interested and was like, oh, crap, like she learned to fly and she's hanging out with the Z fighters. Where is this chick going to go? And turns out it's to the house. To the kitchen. To raise the kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, come on, guys. Stop it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so I I was pretty bummed about what they did with Videl because she was a really cool character in the Boo saga. I really liked her fighting in the tournament. Um, I want to see more fighting female characters. It's just kind of a bummer that we don't get much of that. Hold
0: on, it's Dragon Ball. I'd like to see a fighting female character. (laughs) I mean, we got 18 for a hot second. That was about it. (laughs) Emphasis on the (laughs) hot. that a boy krillin way to go
1: krillin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he may not be in battles anymore but he won the war
1: that's right he got what he wanted <laughs> oh geez
0: all right well uh, i believe bulma gets in- invited into the room with um Videl and chi chi and as they're discussing stuff uh bulma kind of lets slip that vegeta has been training on beer's planet with Whis, and goku overhears it and absolutely loses his shit and crashes through the door asking questions about it (laughs) i'm not gonna lie this had me laughing hysterically i thought the scene was hilarious (laughs) yeah i i had a good chuckle about it it's very vegeta's been training where and like that's the thing he cares about not his you know daughter-in-law talking with his wife about how kids should be raised and family and all this other stuff no 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 (laughs) Training? Did you say training?
1: <laughs> I I kind of enjoyed that. That was just comical, seeing him bust in like, Training? But you just doing
0: what? <laughs> did somebody say training?
1: <laughs> they did a good job with that. That was fun. Um, and then I think eventually Chi-Chi kind of comes around. They talk things out. Uh, the, the latter half of this episode, though, focuses on the fact that Goku wants to go train with Whis. And we get a few scenes of uh Balma tells Goku that uh Whis might be coming by within the next month or so, and then Goku is just harassing her over and
0: over and over. Oh yeah. Go- Goku's thirsty for some for some Whis training and just Yeah. <laughs> He's showing up at Balma's job, at her house, at in the bathroom, all these other places. And Bulma eventually is just like, here's a phone. I'll call you when he shows up, which I I don't know why it made me laugh thinking that Goku didn't own a phone until Bulma gave him one. I was just like,
1: (laughs) I mean, you see him kind of staring at it and he even makes a comment like, because it hasn't, he hasn't gotten a call. He makes a comment.
0: Like, is this thing broken? Like, (laughs) I don't even know that he knows how to use that thing. No, God, no, but I do believe eventually while he's sitting out in the field, just staring at the phone, it does eventually ring and Goku goes flying over to Balma's house where he runs into Whis and I believe uh, asks him to take him on as his apprentice and Weiss makes a comment. Yeah, something along the lines of, yeah, I think it's about time. Sure. When I'm done here, I'll take you back with me.
1: Yep and uh, we get a little a few scenes of goku just harassing wees and trying to do more comedy bits here uh the the tail end ends with Whis getting ready to take off chi chi finds out that goku is going to go training and shows up to uh harass him and tell him you need to you know be a farmer and work your normal job uh and then goku grabs Whis as wees is flying away escaping from chi chi <laughs>
0: And to me, the thing that stood out the most was that as soon as Goku left, Chi-Chi was just like, well, that's Goku. And then started like bubbling around and being happy. I was like, what the hell just happened?
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a part of me that likes the way that it ended and that Chi-Chi was like, well, you know, I, I understand that this is how
0: Goku wants to be but then why did you spend six months forcing him to be a farmer? Yeah. And it's one of those things where it would have felt more meaningful if she would have had that like realization or discussion with Goku. Cause that's right. where it's meaningful. Like watching right. her be a jer- jerk to Goku episode after episode. And then when he leaves, like she's nice now it's like, all right, what's going on here? Like, is there trouble in paradise? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we even said something about, he doesn't want to be a home wrecker. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, That's, a lot, of, a lot going on with Weeze that I haven't really delved into, but, you know. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I believe that's Goku grabs Whis' ankles and then, I believe, drags him off to or towards uh, Beerus's planet to begin training.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that mostly wraps up that episode. I think uh, neither one of us was a huge fan of that one from the sounds of it.
0: Uh, I mean, it's... It's an episode. Like it, there's a couple <laughs> relevant things, and then the rest of it is just kind of silly filler.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a few beats that I liked that we kind of covered, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan overall. Um,
0: so let's go ahead and move on to episode 18. Is our last yes. one for the evening? Episode 18. I'm here too. Training begins on Beerus's planet, and I believe this episode kicks off with Goku having to use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's potty humor. It still kind of made me laugh. (laughs) Maybe I'm immature, but I thought it was kind of funny. He's like on a 25-minute car ride, and he can't even hold it for that.
1: Yeah, and we eventually get them arriving to this home where
0: Whis and Beerus stay, Hey, hey! I did laugh at Goku mentioning he could just tinkle in space while they're going, and I just—I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I was
1: almost kind of forwarding to the fact that when Wee and Goku get there, they talk with Vegeta for a little while, and then Goku just pees off the side of the tree. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Nature in in full view. Just love it. I mean, he was—he grew up in the woods. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say that when Goku first arrives and Vegeta standing there wearing his little apron thing, Goku does make a comment that uh, he's not sure if he's stronger than Vegeta anymore or something along those lines, that they're about the same strength. And I think that was that six month kind of time jump was the show's way of getting Vegeta into training and catching him back up to Goku's level. So that way they can actually go off and do something now.
1: Yes, yes,
0: which I th- I think that was smart.
1: I I think it's good to I mean it at least make somebody besides Goku relevant at least.
0: <laughs> well, you make somebody else relevant so that way Goku can be more relevant. That's the them's the rules. Vegeta's got to be the fall man for Goku one yeah. way or another. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they make mention that Beerus is currently sleeping and the episode starts off with Uh, them being put to work doing various different chores around the place, such as changing beers' sheets or cleaning out the uh, little water bowls that the Prophecy Fish lives in and uh, scrubbing the trees, different stuff like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it, it's funny because it feels like, I mean, we've seen training like this before, whether it be in Dragon Ball or even in other Shonen anime where it's like, well, you first have to learn how to clean and do these other things. And then that'll be, you'll become
0: a better fighter or become stronger as a result. (laughs) I mean, I think that's, um, it's more of a life lesson than it is, I guess, an actual like training storyline thing. I think it's supposed to be telling you to, you know, take care of your life and your home and that sort of stuff. Like take care of yourself as a person and pay attention to all those little details. And then you'll, grow in whatever way you're looking for
1: yeah and that's a good point i mean goku could certainly learn those life lessons so
0: yeah it's i mean it was really telling when he started being put to work doing tours and he was like i don't do any of this stuff at home so i don't want to do it here it's like <laughs> dear lord i get why chi chi hates you uh <laughs> <laughs> this is why she's angry all the exactly. time exactly <laughs> that man hasn't done a dish in his life uh,
1: I'd, yeah, I wouldn't trust him with the dishes. <laughs> Chi-Chi's and...
0: constantly cleaning up his pee from different corners of the house and stuff like that. It's just it's just a mess. Goku, you know we have a toilet! <laughs> it's like, what? Anything can be a toilet. You'll clean it up. <laughs> yeah, just, it just magically disappears. I don't know where it goes, but uh, it's clean the next day. Uh, it's terrible because it's true. <laughs> That man. That frickin' man. <laughs> so after uh, changing sheets and doing chores, I believe Whis finally takes them to their first training session, which involves a very heavy block that they put their arms through and try to lift.
1: Yes. Yeah, and then they have to outpace this basically collapsing bridge behind them. And uh, we find out that Vegeta's been doing at least some form of this type of training for the past six months or so and uh they're they're mostly on par Goku and Vegeta in this are pretty pretty close to one another as they're moving through
0: yeah uh Vegeta makes mention that there's like a technique to it or something like that and he goes to lift the the same block that Goku's struggling with and then he struggles with it and Whis mentions yeah I just doubled the weight of the block so have fun <laughs> with that yeah good luck
1: uh but it's I I like this part. I like that we're getting to see them do some actual training too, in addition to just cleaning and chores and whatnot.
0: Yeah. And it's, you can tell that they're trying to make this something that's really intense. And I would say special. I think Mm -hmm. when the floor starts disappearing behind them and they have to do a lap around the planet, uh, we said, mentioned that if you fall, you will go into a different dimension of which there's no return. And, that's good motivation i don't want to be locked in another dimension that sounds pretty terrible
1: yeah yeah i mean it it reminds me at least just a little bit of goku running on snake way where if you fall Mm -hmm. off you go to hiffle
0: oh boy yeah so (laughs) goku's been here before (laughs) and what is it after doing a bunch of that training i believe They end up staying in the same room in two beds, one of which Vegeta kicks off to the sides. That way he's not any closer to Goku than he has to be. I question if Goku ever really showers, so I don't blame him. Oh, that smell. (laughs) But it seems like Vegeta during the nights is kind of sneaking off out the window and doing extra training on the side to try and get ahead of Goku, which I do really like. That's a very Vegeta move.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Um, we we get to see, I think the next day, Weiss pulls Goku and Vegeta to do some real training and some real fighting. Uh, and we get to see some of Vegeta's stubbornness in that moment too, where Goku and Vegeta are fighting against Whis and they're just knocking each other out of the way like no cooperation whatsoever.
0: No, this isn't this isn't them working together. It's them competing for who gets to fight Whis and land that blow. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez.
1: It's a fun I mean it it's a fun moment showing the the stubbornness and the pride of I mean not only just Vegeta but Saiyans in general.
0: <laughs> and I believe were they fighting Whis in just the regular forms, I don't believe they were Super Saiyan.
1: Right, yeah, they were just fighting in the regular forms. So, uh, Weiss makes a comment about how they're
0: they're not strong
1: enough by themselves, but maybe together they'll pose a challenge.
0: Yeah, during that night where Vegeta had snuck out to do his uh, extra training, I believe Weiss was playing some sort of space chess game with the Oracle Fish, and he made mm-hmm. mention of something like that. And yeah, he. Go ahead. I I believe that. One of them, I don't remember which one, showed some sort of care for these two mortals. I think it was the Prophecy Fish was like, you sh- why are you pushing them so hard? They could die. And Whis yep. responds with a, like, oh, I've never seen you care about a mortal like this sort of thing. Like, there's some nice, funny back and forth. And I really like, that's the kind of light humor I like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, that's good character development too, right? Where it's showing i mean we haven't gotten to see much of the oracle fish in general but that gives us a little bit of an insight into what the oracle fish cares about or what their temperament is i suppose
0: and i believe what is it after vegeta and goku do their their sparring with wii's he stops them and he mentions uh you're thinking too much before you move and he tells vegeta specifically that it's worse in him than it is Goku. And I believe this is the second biggest hint at Ultra Instinct so far in the series.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'm
0: actually drawing a blank. Do you recall what the first hint was? For me, and this was, I think, more of a a personal view, I think this was a reference, was on King Kai's planet when Goku goes to attack Beerus, he kind of jumps back at one point and like his body moved on its own. And Beerus mentions, yeah, it's a good thing you jumped back because I was actually about to attack this time.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, Beerus, I f- forgot about that until you said that, but Beerus makes a comment that uh, his, Goku's body almost moved instinctively. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, I I like this a lot. I like that they are foreshadowing Ultra Instinct from the very beginning, because the episode that you are referencing is within the first five episodes, and we don't get Ultra Instinct until
0: the very maybe end, episode
1: 100. Yeah, yeah it, it's
0: well, we get a little bit about two thirds of the way through, and then we get all of it at the very end,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah, so and they also um, tell us right at the beginning that it's not going to be Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, the, the the manga is doing some interesting stuff with that too right now, where Vegeta's kind of going his own Ooh, path, which is interesting. That's spicy. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious <laughs> to see what they do with that as they go a little bit further. But uh, I think we the tail end of this, we get two scenes that are very kind important. Of, yeah, they're leading up into the next couple of arcs. Uh, we get the what looks like Frieza's ship or one of Freeze's ships. And we see uh, a handful of new faces in there that you know we don't, we don't recognize outside of watching the show previously. Um, and they make some comments about how the Frieza force is weakened and struggling to keep their planets under control. And it's just a quick scene. It's probably no more than 60 seconds. Uh, and then it cuts over to these two new characters, one who looks very similar to Beerus, uh and i think they i believe they say both their names champa and vados
0: uh i don't know if they say vados's name but i know they say champa's name but I, either way it's very similar to uh beerus and Whis and looks except uh the beerus in this case is going to be the super sized version yeah yeah we get uh, <laughs>
1: extra large beerus here and uh we get vados who looks like a female version of Weiss. so It's a good way of showing us that they have some sort of connection to those characters. The character designs are just very, very similar. Um, But we kind of see them destroying a planet and then saying something about it wasn't what they were looking for.
0: Yeah, they're searching for something and they're moving very quickly, it seems like. Right. And I think the episode ends on that. But
1: for those of us who have seen the show before... It's a good way to set up the next couple
0: of story arcs. It really is. And it was, it's a, it's a nice hook because here's a real quick, the the scene with Choppa was probably only what, 20 seconds. It was very short. They basically just yeah. show this character a couple lines of dialogue and off they go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked that they give a little bit of a tease just to kind of hook you in and get the audience to be like, who are these people? What is going on? What are they looking for? Yeah,
0: they just kind of tickle the pickle a little bit, and then they uh, they set it up for some more later on.
1: Oh, yeah. I liked it. Um, that wraps up that episode. Uh, what did you think about that one? That one was a little bit more substance than the other
0: episodes prior honestly with the in the second half of the story arc that might be my favorite episode i really like this episode It had all the elements i like of dragon ball i had a little bit of fighting and had training i love training i love it when people work for something and actually get it it's mm-hmm. so good it also had good back and forth between vegeta and goku and it showed their characters i yep. was a big fan of this episode it's probably one of the best ones in in the first 18 episodes actually
1: I would agree yeah i I think I totally agree with you it like we talked about it sets up stuff moving forward between uh, the the next arc which is going to be the golden Frieza arc it sets up the the arc beyond that with the tournament and it sets up ultra instinct so it's this episode is doing a ton for the series uh, it's really well put together and this one's actually pretty well paced too
0: after watching the entire show, this is one you could watch two, three, four times and pick up probably something new each and every time. there's just there's so much good dialogue and just hints and just the little detail is there, and I really appreciate that about this episode,
1: yeah, I agree that's it's a good one i I mean, at that point, we've wrapped up our eighteen episode coverage of the full uh God of destruction arc and I wanted to talk just briefly about uh, kind of what we thought about the the first half, and then the second half, and then kind of the story arc as a whole. Uh, what did what did you think, Dayton, about kind of the the first half that we covered, the first nine episodes, compared to these latter nine episodes?
0: So, in general, I think the first nine episodes had a little bit better pacing than the second half just because yeah. it felt like each episode they were trying to move the ball forward a little bit with the story i do feel like as much as i like some good dbz fighting or dragon ball fighting i think that the the fighting with Beerus was drawn out probably too much and there wasn't a whole lot of substance to it and there was a lot of repeating animations and fight sequences and then on top of that there were still a few filler episodes thrown into there so i would say the the a good number of episodes in this probably could have been cut and it could have been all the same substance in this uh, story arc. And it would have been a lot better, but the episodes that were good in the second half were really good. Like I said, the episode 18 I thought was a great episode and it's probably in of the first 18 episodes. It might be my favorite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you. I think 18 might be my favorite as well. Uh, I, really felt like the fighting in the latter half of this arc could have been condensed, which as somebody who loves the original dragon ball Z and loves me some long fight scenes. I just didn't feel like these fights had a lot of quality content to offer, to be honest in the animation, the choreography, like we talked about, they repeated a lot of things between like the destruction ball and the Kamehameha struggles and I I wasn't terribly impressed. And I don't know
0: about you, but I didn't feel the same kind of gravity that I felt in other big fights against big bosses. At no No. point did I feel like the earth was actually at risk. Even the first time I saw this, it just felt like two people just fighting and the earth was just kind of a, an illusionary gambling token that was being thrown around it didn't actually mean anything i didn't think the earth was ever going to be destroyed at any point during this now mind you if they did destroy the earth man what a great story (laughs) yeah that would have been interesting uh
1: but yeah i i felt the same that the i mean we talked about the the shockwaves the universal shockwaves and how it just kind of felt like contrived stakes and it, it yeah just it doesn't hit home in terms of like, Frieza felt like somebody, you know, who was causing problems for the Z fighters, causing problems in the universe. He felt dangerous. Like, you felt like he would actually kill people, threaten people, uh, destroy planets. I just don't feel the same way about Beerus. I like Beerus a lot. I like Beerus's character a lot. I just don't feel like the fight really drew me in and made me feel like there was something something some substance behind the fight honestly
0: and the the fight is also bookmarked with some really goofy light-hearted moments too so mm-hmm. it's there's not much framing to this fight it's just this guy's showing up and he's looking for a fight and then everything th- there's a lot of light-hearted silliness before the fight and then there's a lot of light-hearted silliness after the fight and so the fight mm-hmm. just kind of feels it's it's just kind of there. It's just kind of floating and everything around it just doesn't... It seems disconnected. I am i don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I just don't really feel that invested into the stakes that are put up for this fight.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think part of it is the fact that the, the character Beerus doesn't have much in the way of connection to any of the characters involved. I mean, outside of his minor connection with Vegeta, but regardless i i'm excited to see or to kind of compare i think we're going to talk briefly next time about the battle of gods movie is what we're going to take a look at for episode three of instant transmission uh and we're going to kind of do a little bit of a comparison between that and the god of destruction arc in the dragon ball super anime and I think a lot of the community likes
0: that movie, so... I mean, I don't watch or join any communities, so I I will be the judge of that. (laughs) If I dislike it, then the community's wrong. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Right? That's that's a nice, reasonable, nuanced stance. I think this is going to be your first time watching the Battle of Gods movie, too. It will be. I am notoriously bad about watching Dragon Ball movies. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I spoilers the new
1: era of Dragon Ball movies are much much better than the old era of Dragon Ball movies. <laughs> They're actually relevant. So oh, come
0: on, the old Broly movies were peak Dragon Ball. It doesn't get better than that.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs>
1: they hurt my soul. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I like some of the old ones, but the good old movies are few
0: and far between. <laughs> oh, jeez. All but right. I th- well, I think. Uh... I think we've done a pretty good job of covering most subjects. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think we're probably pretty much going to wrap up there. Uh, we we meant to tighten this one up a bit, and I think I got a little bit long winded.
0: And uh, this hold, one, hold on, bit... you got me started on Krillin, and I just can't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> really, I this mean, podcast episode is only forty minutes long. I spent an hour and ten minutes talking about Krillin. So that's just, right. <laughs> just edit that out, and we're golden. I'm going to completely blame you and your <laughs> obsession with Krillin for how long
1: this episode went. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's awesome. The guy's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I think for the most part, that wraps up everything that we wanted to talk about tonight. So this has been our discussion of Dragon Ball. This is your host, Todd. And Dayton. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Instant Transmission. Hopefully you've enjoyed our thoughts and discussion on the first story arc in Dragon Ball Super, the God of Destruction arc. And be sure to join us next time when we continue discussing the modern era of Dragon Ball as we dive into the Battle of Gods movie. So stay safe out there, and remember to keep rocking the dragon. Dragon, dragon, rock the dragon.